Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 176. Should you launch your podcast with episode zero, and does new and noteworthy actually matter? Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting, where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Two things that we're going to approach in this episode of challenging the podcasting assumptions that are out there is one, do you really need an episode zero? If you're launching your podcast, what is an episode zero? Do you need it? Why might you want to use it? Why you might not want to use it? What might be a better solution? And should this be something that you should do? And then the other side of also launching your podcast or maybe relaunching your podcast is the iTunes new and noteworthy section. Does that really matter? What does it take to get into it? Should you be trying to get into it? What kind of benefits and disadvantages does it have to it? This is all part of a series that I'm doing of episodes that I'm calling Challenging the Podcasting Assumptions, where I'm taking the things that we've been accepting for years in the podcasting space and trying to challenge them and find out, does this still stand up? Is this still true? Should we still be doing this? Is this really as important as we've been treating it? I've had other episodes like podcasting stats and WordPress and a website and consistency and many other things. And you can find the full series and the links to all of the previous episodes in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 176. And yes, you may notice that I used a number for my URL because in this case, I decided that the words that I might use for a keyword URL for this episode would either be too complicated, too long, or too ambiguous. So I'm going with the episode number URL. In the last episode of the Audacity to Podcast, I talked about our episode numbers really necessary, and there has been some great feedback on that, some great comments over there in the show notes for episode 175. And I'm going to continue with the hybrid model of using episode numbers, but when possible, for timeless content, as much as possible, use a keyword for my URL instead of a number in certain cases where it's not going to be ambiguous. So let's get into the content for this episode. Should you launch your podcast with episode zero, or if you've already launched your podcast and you have an episode zero, should that episode zero still be up there? Well, you do need to know that When you're starting out with your podcast RSS feed, nearly all of the podcast apps and directories require that you have at least one episode in your RSS feed. If you don't have one audio or video episode, not just an item in your RSS feed, like a blog post won't count because that blog post doesn't have the audio or video media attached to it. So these directories require that you have at least one post. If you don't have one episode in your RSS feed, the directories won't accept it, they'll return an error, or your feed itself may give you a 404 page not found error. So a common technique for podcasters when they're starting out is to start with an episode zero in their feed so that they can get their podcast launched, get it into the directories before they make their big public announcement to say, hey, my podcast is now available, download it, listen to it, all of that stuff. 
So first, what is an episode zero? Most of the time when podcasters are talking about using an episode zero and they have an episode zero, they're treating it as some kind of introduction to their entire show. And it's usually content that answers one or several of questions like this. Who are you? Uh, How are you qualified to talk about this topic? Why are you podcasting? What will this podcast be about? What can I expect about this podcast format and schedule? And also, why should I subscribe? Or in other words, what's in it for me? And I think that each of these questions are important for you to answer because your audience will ask these questions when they see your podcast, when they're thinking about staying subscribed to your podcast, they will be asking these questions. But is an episode zero really the best way for you to do this? That's what the debate is all about because some podcasters can make this introductory episode, an episode zero, but sometimes others will just put an audio or a video promo in there as your first episode. But I wouldn't actually call that an episode zero because that's a promo or a teaser for what's coming up in the podcast that they can see. So that's giving you something to put in your feed. That's not an episode zero. That's really a separate topic altogether about having a promo in your feed. And in fact, that's what the next episode of the Audacity to Podcast will be about, challenging whether promos and branding, audio and visual branding, are really necessary and worth the expenses for your podcast. So if you have feedback about those and experience that you want to share, I'd love to hear from you please go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash feedback for information about how you can send in your feedback for that episode. So why might an episode zero be helpful for your podcast? Because it's usually an introduction episode, it can actually become a resource for referencing in later episodes. Like if anyone wants to know what is your podcast about, or if you're saying something and it harkens back to why you're podcasting and your introduction or your bio or anything like that, then you can say, to learn more about this, go back to episode zero at myawesomepodcast.com slash zero or slash introduction or whatever it is. That can sometimes be helpful, but that's really the only case I can think of where an episode zero would be helpful to your audience. Yes, there can be many reasons and ways that an episode zero can be helpful to you, like getting an episode out there so that you have something in your RSS feed, feeling better about talking about yourself, introducing your content, your approach, all of that. That can make you feel better, but Is that really helpful to your audience? Well, now let's take the painful approach. Why an episode zero may actually be worthless. There are several reasons I can think of that you might want to skip an episode zero. Number one, new people don't care about you. This is one of the hardest things to accept, but I think also one of the most important things to remember in podcasting. Nobody cares about you at least not yet. People will care about your content first. Unless you're a celebrity and then people care about the personality more than the content and people will sometimes watch movies and read books and read stuff about celebrities just because they care about the celebrity and not so much care about the quality of the content. But 
let's assume you're not a celebrity. I'm not a celebrity. None of us are really celebrities when we're just starting out. So we have to remember that people don't care about us. When I started out podcasting, people didn't care about me. They cared about the content and then they got to meet me because of the content. Remember that people want to be helped and entertained. And when I see episode zeros out there, most of them are all about the podcast host and about the podcast itself. Some people might even call this navel gazing, where you're just looking at your own content, looking at yourself, and it's not always helpful and not always entertaining. So remember this, number one, new people don't care about you. Number two, you need a great first impression. The first episode in your podcast feed will usually be the most downloaded episode because what people will often do, not all the time, but what they will often do is they will listen to your most recent episode or a particular episode to which they were linked that someone sent them or they saw on social media or anything like that came up in a search result. And then they'll go back sometimes to the very first episode and subscribe and listen from there. So if you look at your stats, you'll commonly see your very first episode being your most popular one. So when you think about it that way, do you really want your most popular episode being all about me and how awesome I am and how awesome I'm going to make this content for you? Do you really want that to be everyone's first impression and their most popular impression of your content. Now, this isn't always the case that your first episode will be the most downloaded. But in my case, like with the Audacity to Podcast, here are some truthful numbers, by the way, as of June 2nd, 2014. In my case, my top episode is actually number five, which is where I talked about Chris's dynamic compressor. And it's very easy to see why that's the top episode because I go into detail there about using it. And I think Chris's dynamic compressor is great for Audacity. I still recommend it at the audacity to podcast.com slash Chris. And that episode has more than 12,000 downloads. And these are verified certified stats from Raw Voice and Blueberry. The second most downloaded episode is actually my third episode where I talked about the bare minimums for starting a podcast. And now that I realize that that's the second most popular episode, I also realized I should update that content and get some more up-to-date content, more accurate, maybe even do a video about it. And that's at 9,000 downloads. And then it's my number three episode of the Audacity to Podcast is the first episode. Or let me word that differently. The From the top down, the third most popular podcast episode of the Audacity to Podcast is episode one, and that's close to 8,000 downloads. All of the other episodes then are below that. My most recent, my the ones that I've put in the most effort, they're all below that. So it is those first few episodes that are the most popular. And that's why having a first impression a great first impression is so important, especially with that first episode. Now, if I made my first episode even more helpful, then I think it would be much higher on that list of the most popular content on my site. 
But I did, when I started it, it's a combination introduction episode and content episode where I'm talking about the pod of podcasting, POD, Passion Organization Dialogue, which you've noticed I don't really talk about that so much anymore because I've moved a little bit away from the cuteness of that and want to be more practical and not so cute. But that's number two. You need a great first impression, maybe why you should skip episode zero. Number three, you need more than one introduction. An episode zero can be unnecessary for your podcast, and it can also create this incorrect assumption in your mind where you're thinking that, okay, great, everybody already knows what my podcast is about. They know who I am. They know why I'm podcasting. They know what to expect about this podcast. So I never have to talk about that ever again in the podcast. Wrong. I recommend that you treat every single episode that you release as if it's someone's first time consuming your content. So don't forget to introduce yourself in every episode. And don't forget to introduce your show in every episode. This doesn't mean you need to spend five minutes or maybe even 60 seconds. But every time, you do need to figure out some way that you can concisely tell them who you are and what your podcast is about. This doesn't mean giving your bio. It just maybe means saying, I'm Daniel J. Lewis, a podcast consultant and podcaster. I'm here to tell you about this, or my show is about that. It's that kind of thing that you see in movies and TV shows even, where in the first five minutes or so, there's something, maybe it's a title sequence, maybe it's a previously on Lost, or maybe it's some other kind of little teaser or uh, montage or something that gives you an idea of what the show as a whole is about. That kind of stuff really helps for those people who are just tuning in, or quote, tuning in, unquote. For a long time, my introduction to the Audacity to Podcast was a how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. I later added the wording award-winning how-to podcast into that because, well, it is now an award-winning podcast. And I would close with the words, now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. Now that part, giving you the guts and teaching you the tools, has always been in my branding. From day one, that was in my branding. And you may remember, if you've been around this long, when my website changed from saying, giving you the guts and teaching you the tools. I think that's when everything was on a single website in Noodle Mix Network. But then I switched it to a how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. Now, I don't use that POD, Passion, Organization, and Dialogue, so much. But my intro for each episode of the Audacity to Podcast is, Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Now, I never read that, by the way. It's just so much a part of me, a part of the branding for the show, that I can say it without thinking. And I think it's accurate, and it tells listeners, new listeners, what this show is about, what they can expect, what kind of content this will be, and also it reminds existing listeners what this show is about. Because someone might listen to multiple of my podcasts, and they hear my voice, and they may not actually know what podcast they're listening to when they start out. But by giving it some kind of branding here and audio branding, hint, hint, next episode, all about audio branding and promos, 
and visual branding too, but they know what this podcast is about from the beginning. And if you've been around for a while, you can also see how the podcast slowly changes over time in the way that I reapproach my branding. Like I don't talk so much about Audacity anymore. There are other aspects that I've changed over time as well. This is reason number three. You need more than one introduction. And number four, you don't need an introduction episode. Introductions as main content are actually quite rare. Think about, have you ever seen an introduction episode for a TV show? An introductory movie for a trilogy or, or anything else like that? Or an introductory book for a series of novels? Like, is there Harry Potter book zero or anything like that? Star Wars episode zero? Anything like that? No, you don't really see that. Yes, with books, you'll see an introduction to the book and a preface and a forward and other things that they put before the book. But those are separate from the actual content. They're kind of the teasers, the now that you've bought this and just before we get into the actual content, let's talk about this. But they're not putting it out as actual content. Often in books, you'll see that the page numbers are even completely different because they really don't count it as actual content. They're kind of implying that you could skip this if you want to. These aren't actually numbered pages. They're slightly differently numbered pages or don't have page numbers at all. But when you watch these different things, movies, TV shows, you read books, anything like that where it's a series, the introduction is within the regular content. The introduction is not content all to itself, but it's mixed in. So this doesn't mean that you have to jump straight in to your regular format with your podcast. Like if you have a review show, your first episode doesn't have to be a review. Or if you have an interview where every episode is a new guest as an interviewee, your first episode doesn't have to be that first interview. It'd be great if you could jump straight into your regular format, but you don't have to. It's okay to have a first episode that helps introduce your show, but there's so much that you can do to make it so much better. That's why I'm not contradicting myself here. I'm saying include an introduction in your first episode, introduction of some sort, but don't make your first episode all about your introduction and also include some kind of introduction in all of your following episodes. So that first episode can contain an introduction, but look at how you can make it most importantly helpful to your audience and then weave an introduction into that. Here are some examples of some ways with just some random podcast ideas I came up with of ways that you could make your first episode something valuable to people and might be really popular too as your first episode. And that can give you many opportunities to entice people to stay around and subscribe to your podcast. So if you're doing a podcast about video games, maybe reviewing a different video game in each episode or general video game news, your first episode Episode one, not episode zero. Episode one could be the top 10 video games you should have played in the past 10 years. And within that process, you can talk about how you're going to review new games, or you can talk a little bit about your experience or some of the stories that you have that help shape your perspective on the video gaming industry. 
But see, it's no longer just all about me and why I'm doing this. It's about, hey, here's some great content. And let me tell you some stories along the way. And let me tease you about what's coming with the podcast along the way, in addition to this great content. If you're doing an entrepreneur interview show, and who isn't these days, then you could have your first episode could be something like 10 steps to being a successful entrepreneur. And hint, one of those steps, and you can borrow any of these, I I give you permission, these aren't copyrighted ideas, but one of these steps could be listen to this podcast, and then for that step, you can explain why they should listen to this podcast and why listening to this podcast will help them be a successful entrepreneur. But see, you're wrapping your introduction and your reason for why they should listen to your podcast in with all of this other great content. If you're doing a podcast about a TV show, you don't have to start your podcast right when the TV show starts, but I recommend actually start a week or two in advance. Something great that you could start with would be something like what we hope to get from this TV series or why you should be watching this TV series. That's some great content that will help excite people for the TV series as it's coming out. And it gives you content put in your feed ahead of time so that when the TV series starts or when people are starting to get excited about it and they're searching iTunes, looking for books or episodes of the TV series, or maybe even podcasts, they'll find your content. Now, big nod here, and he's in the chat room right now and I'm recording this live a little bit early today, by the way. Ben Avery is the host of the Welcome to Level 7 podcast, which is a Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, and it is on Noodle Mix Network. But something that amazed me, and this is why I invited Ben into the network and with his great content and great approach, he had a bunch of episodes out that were related to the Marvel superhero universe and franchise and stuff about the TV show weeks, months before the TV show actually came out. They talked about the movies. They talked about comic books. They talked about expectations. They talked about certain feedback and hopes and dreams for the TV series and news. So they were way ahead of the game and had so much greater content out there. And they didn't have to start with an episode zero. It was great content right from the start. And if you want to check that out, if you watch Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., first of all, If you don't, go watch it. But also, I highly recommend check out the podcast, welcometolevel7.com for more about that. But that's a great way to start out the show. They didn't wait until the show started. They started before the show actually started. And if you have a news podcast where you're talking daily news or weekly news or anything like that, you could start an episode with just starting with the news, sure. But another way that you could start and kind of weave in an introduction to your content is maybe something like the best news stories you've never heard, or the top 10 news from 2014, or anything anything like that, where you can give some great news, tell some of your own stories, and weave your introduction into your great content. So that way, your introduction isn't the content. Your content contains your introduction. And when you're doing this, you don't have to record your first episode first. In fact, it may actually be better for you to record a couple of your regular episodes, and this is before you actually publish, you put it in iTunes, you announce it to the public, but you have a couple of your regular episodes recorded and then go back 
and record your first episode. That way, maybe you have a bit more of your your footing well for this podcast. You know your branding a little bit better. You know some of the content that's coming, and you can tease some of that in your first episode, as well as make sure that that first episode is a great impression because it's not what you actually recorded first. It's what you recorded third or fifth or maybe 10th or whatever number of times it took you to record your episodes. You have more experience and then you can make a much better first impression with your episode one. So these four reasons why an episode zero may be worthless for you is number one, new people don't care about you. Number two, you need a great first impression. Number three, you need more than one introduction. And number four, you don't need an introduction episode. So in conclusion on this topic, I recommend skip episode zero and start with great content. Now, if you've already started your podcast and you have an episode zero out there, then it's really up to you. And that's the thing. You don't have to follow any of my advice. This is just based on experience, based on what I see succeed and not succeed. And certainly don't assume that just because someone else did something and they're successful, that their success is because of that thing they did. Sometimes their success might have been even better if they didn't do that thing in the first place. But if you have an episode zero already out there, and you decide that it's not really that worthwhile, then you either could completely remove it, or maybe you could go back and replace it with something much more valuable. Even though you've now recorded 100 episodes or 10 episodes or 50 or whatever number of episodes you have, you could still go back and re-record that introductory episode, make it more valuable, and you'll have much more experience with your podcast too, so you can make that a great first episode. If you're starting your podcast or starting a new podcast, I suggest that you think outside of the episode zero mindset and figure out a way to launch with great content to make a great first impression. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and episode zeros, whether they annoy you or what your experience has been on these. Please comment on the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 176. Now on to new and noteworthy. Does it really matter for launching your podcast? And why is it so big to podcasters? And should you be trying so hard to get into new and noteworthy? Several podcasters, especially lately, it seems, have been talking about new and noteworthy. And this is a section on iTunes. And it may not be as important or as unreachable as you may think. It may be more than you think. And there may be some little things that you didn't realize about it. First of all, what is new and noteworthy? When you submit your podcast to the iTunes store, it's personally reviewed by someone on the Apple podcast team. Sometimes they'll decide to feature it in a special section of iTunes and feature it more prominently in a section called new and noteworthy. It's not new and notable. It's new and noteworthy. And every category and every subcategory of the iTunes podcast catalog has its own new and noteworthy section, and the iTunes front page for podcasts also has an overall list of new and noteworthy podcasts. But new and noteworthy isn't always new. I've even had a couple of my old podcasts be featured again in new and noteworthy, and so have others. If you were to go through the new and noteworthy featured list, 
every single one of them, you'll probably find some podcasts that are quite old. They're older than the supposed six-week window that you have to be in new, new and noteworthy. Some people will say that the category should be called new or noteworthy, but I think calling it new and noteworthy is actually completely accurate. This is where some English grammar can sometimes get in the way of properly understanding what this section actually is. But it's not that every item on this list is both new and noteworthy, but this is a list of all of the new podcasts and a list of noteworthy podcasts. So it is completely accurate to say new and noteworthy. Think of it this way. It's a list of podcasts that are new and are and a list of podcasts that are noteworthy. These two lists combined into one and you get new and noteworthy. So why is new and noteworthy such a big deal? Podcasters want so much to be a new and noteworthy because they want to grow their audience. And it is irrefutably true that being a new and noteworthy will attract a lot of new people to your podcast. This doesn't mean you'll get new subscribers, but it will attract new people to your podcast. I've seen this with every podcast that I've launched when I put it in iTunes and if it managed to make it into new and noteworthy, which I think all of my podcasts that I've launched have made it into that front page, the featured section of new and noteworthy in some category somewhere in iTunes, maybe not the front page category, but somewhere there has always been a spike in downloads, spike in uh, listens and subscribes to the podcast. But let's take an actual practical example with honest numbers here. My Once Upon a Time podcast has been going for a few years, but it was recently listed again in the new and noteworthy section when the second half of Once Upon a Time's third series of the TV show returned, and that was in the early March 2014 section. Because Noodle Mix Network is a podcast network, a successful podcast network with some serious podcasts in it, serious podcasters, I am a content provider or content partner with Apple and News Shock here. This means I get stats from Apple. Yes, it's true that there are stats from Apple for iTunes podcasts. It's just not everyone can get them yet. So here are some of my findings from 2014. Unfortunately, I don't have much past data to compare this to because it was in February 2014 that I got into this program and finalized everything I needed to in order to be able to see these stats. But looking back, starting in March, the TV series returned on March 9th, this is Once Upon a Time, and iTunes featured it because the TV series returned and because this was something very timely. It was noteworthy, no longer new, but it was noteworthy. So in March 2014, for my Once Upon a Time podcast at oncepodcast.com, I had 4,974 browses to the iTunes listing. And that's in the iTunes store where they clicked on it and saw the listing in the iTunes catalog. This is both on desktop iTunes as well as the podcast app for iOS. Of those 4,974 people who browsed to the listing, 484 people subscribed. In April, 3,298 people browsed to the listing and 256 people subscribed. In May, 
And lest you think that the spike in March was just because the show returned or it was a big event, in May was another big event. The finale of the show was in May, on May 12th. And in May 2014, Once Podcast had 2,929 browses to the listing in iTunes and 289 new people subscribed. So you notice both April and May have about half of the subscriptions as March. And these are new subscriptions, not total subscriptions. These are new people subscribing through iTunes or the iTunes properties like the podcast app for iOS. Half of the numbers and also the people who browsed to the listing in iTunes was about half as well or close to that. So you can see that being featured again did give us a boost and it was a boost of almost twice what we were getting in the following months. And based on my media stats from before then, I can also see that it was a boost when the TV season returned and we were featured in iTunes. So it is irrefutably true that being a new noteworthy does give you a boost. But how you use this boost is what's really important. Because when I launched the Audacity to Podcast, it quickly jumped to the number five slot in New and Noteworthy in iTunes. And this was actually even a day or two before the podcast cover art was updated. So that's you don't have to have amazing podcast cover art to be in New and Noteworthy or to be featured all the time. But this was also several years ago, 2011, uh, no, 2010, when I launched the Audacity to Podcast. But when I launched it, I was getting thousands of downloads and my subscriptions immediately jumped into the hundreds because I was there in New and Noteworthy. But here's the sad truth of new and noteworthy is that whatever spike you see by being a known new and noteworthy will die down. It will drop when you're no longer featured. But what you can hope for is that you did get some kind of increase over time so that you see these were my numbers before new and noteworthy. These were my numbers after the spike. Ignore the numbers in between. Ignore the actual spike because what matters to you is the retention, how many people stayed after that spike. Because just think back to those numbers I gave you. In March, nearly 5,000 people browsed to our iTunes listing. I'm not sure if that's actually people or if that's just like page views. So it might be the same person browsed on different days. I can't get that information. But nonetheless, this number, 5,000 browses to the iTunes listing page for Once Podcast and almost 500 new subscriptions. That's 10% of the people who browsed to the listing actually chose to subscribe. So what they probably did is that large number of people came, checked it out, looked at the description, the cover art, the title, read some of the episode titles. Maybe they pressed play on a couple episodes to kind of sample our content, but fewer than 10% of those people actually chose to stick around and subscribe. By the way, this is why every episode of your podcast should introduce you and your show's purpose in some concise way so that when people are checking you out, they'll know what your podcast is about, who you are, but don't spend too much time on that. And that's also why your introductions should not be very long, like your audio branding and stuff that goes on for minutes and minutes. Don't be that person. So if you launch and you want to get featured in New and Noteworthy, 
you should ensure that your first few episodes are some of your best content. That way, when you have that spike, you'll have great content out there and it will entice your early listeners and those people who are just browsing to stick around for more content. I would say your next little bit of content can actually be a little bit lower in the quality of your content. I, I, of course, recommend keep your content as high of quality as possible, but you don't have to try to maintain amazing content after those first few episodes. You can then build up a little bit, but those first few episodes are your first impression. And this is if you want to get featured. If being featured doesn't matter to you, you don't want to get featured, then this is a good opportunity for you to start your podcast and improve it over time and not have to worry about first impressions. See, this is really about what do you want to do? What works for you? You can choose either way. Do you want to start and make a great first impression or would you rather get your feet wet and try and build this over time? It's up to you. But the thing is that I think if you were to look at podcasts out there that had a soft launch, didn't get featured really big, and then built their content quality and audience over time, and if you compare them today to the podcast that in the beginning launched with a big bang and got a lot of attention, I think if you were to compare not just the straight numbers of their audience, but the the, the relative size of their audience to the industry and the niche and all of that. I think you would see that they're probably both evened out over time. When you are in new and noteworthy, there are a lot of expectations on you. So that's why it's so important to have a great first impression. But if you want to build over time, don't worry about new and noteworthy. So here's a basic formula for how to get in new and noteworthy on iTunes. Simple. Submit your podcast to iTunes. Okay, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Really, that is all it takes because that means that you will be somewhere in the complete list of new and noteworthy podcasts in iTunes because you are new. And I have a link in the show notes for this episode number 176 for where you can see that complete list of new and noteworthy podcasts. So it doesn't really take anything to be in there. You're in there. You're somewhere in there. But I know. Most people are most interested in that top space, which currently is 32 podcasts listed on the front page of the iTunes podcast category or within a category or subcategory of the podcast catalog. That's the place where everyone wants to be to try and get more attention there, especially those first few spaces, depending on the size of someone's iTunes browser, but those first few spaces to get immediate attention, that's where you want to be. So here are three basic steps for how to have a successful launch and get in new and noteworthy. Number one, have an audience eager for your content. Number two, launch with at least one episode and that being a quality episode, really high quality content, really high quality presentation of that content and great production quality as well. And number three, encourage your audience from the beginning to subscribe, rate, and especially write reviews for your show in iTunes. If you want some tips on how to get more reviews for your podcast in iTunes, then go sign up for the email list over at mypodcastreviews.com. By the way, that service is launching soon. Very soon, maybe this week, even if I can finish the design. Those are the three basic steps 
Now you can increase your ranking in iTunes and increase your chances of being featured in New and Noteworthy by following a couple of these additional tips. And these are not hard rules. First, have great looking podcast cover art so that people will want to click on you instead of clicking on that poorly designed cover art. Have a thorough description. Use good keywords in your show and episode titles. Those are the most important to iTunes SEO, search engine optimization. And also use some of these keywords in your descriptions. But don't spam with keywords. And launch with three or more episodes, but this isn't required. Some people have had great success launching with just one episode, but three or more episodes gives a little bit more of a first impression, gives people more content to consume and more opportunities for you to ask them to rate, review, and especially write uh, those reviews for you in iTunes and subscribe in iTunes. And also consistently produce content for at least a month immediately after you launch. So if you launch with three episodes, don't take three weeks off. You need another episode the following week and the week after that and the week after that and the week after that. Do that for at least a month. That way it's not a big splash and then nothing for a month. And then you come back with your podcast. You won't be leveraging the power of new and noteworthy that way. And that won't be helping you get in new and noteworthy. So can you be in new and noteworthy again If you've already had your chance and you didn't make it in, or you made it in, but stuff has changed, you've rebranded, whatever has happened, can you make it in? Now this, full disclaimer, this is pure speculation on my part, but I think this is a very reasonable speculation, and this in no way comes from actual information from Apple, and they are not endorsing this, they're not providing this information, anything like that. So this is my pure speculation and represents no one else's opinions. But yes, I think you can be a new and noteworthy again when you truly deserve it. Yeah, that sounds harsh, but you really need to be harsh on yourself to decide, do you really deserve being in new and noteworthy? I think there are only two cases when your podcast as a whole, not an individual episode, but your podcast as a whole can and should maybe be considered to be featured in New and Noteworthy. Those two cases are, number one, your show returned from a planned hiatus, like your TV show fan podcast, or you do seasons or anything like that, and you're going to be consistent again. And I have to emphasize planned hiatus because if you just lost track of time and forgot to podcast, you pod faded temporarily, and now you're back, that's not a planned hiatus. That's an, that's pod fading, on the edge of pod fading. And you may not be consistent again. So you need to be consistent again, and you're returning from a planned hiatus. In that case, I think you could deserve potentially being noteworthy again. Not new, but noteworthy again. And the second thing is you rebranded your show. And this isn't just you changed the title, you changed your cover art, and now you're doing the same content or pretty much the same approach to your content as before. This is a complete rebranding. Like look at what Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee did with what's now called the New Media Show. It was a complete rebranding. They changed the content, changed the approach, and I think they deserved being noteworthy again in iTunes. These are the only two scenarios I can see for new and noteworthy being something that you could deserve with your podcast again. If you truly think that you deserve 
to be noteworthy again because of one of these two things. And if you have suggestions for other cases, I'd love to hear them in the comments. But if you have returned from a planned hiatus and you're going back on being consistent or you've majorly rebranded your show, then I suggest emailing podcast at apple.com with your show feed, your iTunes URL, and a legitimate explanation for why you think your show should be considered noteworthy again. But don't pester them about this. Send one request, be very respectful, and only do this if you absolutely think you truly, truly deserve it. And that's where it comes to be very hard because I know a lot of you will think, yeah, I deserve it. I I was off for three weeks, but now I'm back and I never made it into new and noteworthy. No, those aren't good reasons. These two reasons, I think, are the only reasons you would deserve potentially being noteworthy again is if you've returned from a planned hiatus and it was a long one, like three months or something, and you rebranded or you rebranded your show completely. So in conclusion of this, I do think that new and noteworthy matters. But what matters more than you're trying to get in new and noteworthy is that you launch your podcast well. That's so much more important. New and noteworthy should not be part of your strategy for launching your podcast. It is a reward for having a great strategy for your podcast. So launch with an eager audience, an audience so excited about your content, your great content that you're presenting very well, you're producing very well. And have that audience eager to go subscribe, rate, and review you in iTunes and other podcast directories. That's a successful launch formula. Not, I'll launch this podcast, get in iTunes, and if I build it, they will come. No, you know I hate that Hollywood advice. Launch well and hope for a reward of being a new and noteworthy. But if you're not rewarded with it, that's fine. That means there's not as much pressure on you to make amazing content from the beginning. You can relax a little bit and build up over time. So yes, new and noteworthy matters, but what matters more is that you focus on launching a great podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this content that I've shared with you. Please comment on the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 176. Tell me about your experience with episode zero, your experience with new and noteworthy, and if you think there are other cases where it would be a valid reason to be considered for noteworthy in iTunes. Again, I'll cover being known new and noteworthy and launch formulas and all of that stuff in more detail in the future. But I trust that this information has helped you out really well. I've got four quick announcements for you. And two of these are happening at the same time. So they're kind of the same announcement, but completely different locations. In August, there are two great podcasting conferences that you really should try to be at one of these two events. In Dallas, Texas is Podcast Movement, and in the United Kingdom is the UK Podcasters Meetup. These are both happening on the same weekend in uh, in August 2014, and you can get the links to these at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 176. Podcast Movement is on August 16th and 17th, the same weekend as the UK Podcasters event. So if at all possible, depending on which side of the ocean you're on, try to make it to one of these two events, and I'm confident you will not regret it. It's kind of cool that these are happening at the same time because it means that there's some way to get involved in the conversation and learn about podcasting on the same weekend as everyone else. 
But also kind of a bummer because if you're in the UK and you want to make it to podcast movement, or if you're in the US and you want to make it to UK podcasters, they're on the same weekend. You can't do both in the same month. But check these out in the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 176. Also, my podcast reviews should be launching this week. I need to finalize some things, finalize the design, but it is working well. And it's a great service for you to be able to get automatic notifications of all of your podcast reviews from iTunes and all of the iTunes stores. I've designed this service for podcasters. I want this service. I'm the first user of this service. I put all of my podcasts in there. I'm receiving my own emails. I love it. Oh, it's so great to just open up my email inbox in a day and see, oh, I got a new review for this podcast on iTunes. So check it out, mypodcastreviews.com, launching, I hope, this week. If it hasn't launched yet, sign up for the email newsletter over at mypodcastreviews.com, and you'll be notified when it's launching. You also get the free ebook, Seven Ways to Get More Reviews for Your Podcast on iTunes. And then the fourth announcement is I'm launching a new resource for podcasters. This one will be free. My podcast reviews is a premium service, but this new resource for podcasters will be free. I'm just not going to tell you the address yet, but it will be coming out, I hope, this week, if not this week, next week, but I'll certainly announce it here on the podcast and to my email newsletter list. And I'll announce all of these important things to my email newsletter list. If you're not on that, go to theaudacitypodcast.com, subscribe to the emails to receive those updates. And you'll find out when this new stuff is coming and how you can get involved and get previews and all of that cool stuff with it. I'd love to help you out and address your things that you think should be assumptions we should challenge in this podcasting space. Please email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 or go to the website theaudacitypodcast.com and send a voice message through the site on your computer or iOS device. I'd love to help you out launching or improving your podcast. And I'm available for one-on-one consulting to fix problems, design stuff for you, help you launch your podcast, whatever it is. Please check it out at theaudacitypodcast.com slash consulting. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitytopodcast.com and The Ramen Noodle on Twitter. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.